Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind the Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 173. This week, I'm chatting to our drinks writer, Hannah, all about the Japanese national drink, sake. She'll be telling the fascinating story of how it's made and explaining some of the different styles that are out there to try. Hi, Hannah. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, hello. Um, you've written an amazing feature in our November issue, and it's all about sake, which I believe is the Japanese national drink. Yes. Well, um, it's definitely drunk um, widely over all across Japan. Um, apparently, it's getting slightly less popular, I oh, think, really? with the younger generation. Okay. But I think it's becoming more popular outside of Japan. Yeah. So um, I think you're seeing more and more people drinking it in the UK. We've yeah. actually got two, I think, two sake breweries. Okay. Um, Kampai and Peckham and there's another one in I've got written that in Cambridgeshire it's called yeah. Dojima yes so there, I did so. my research <laughs> I'd like to go there one day um, the thing about sake is, and, and I was quite fascinated reading this is I think a lot of people me included you think of sake and you just think it's sake mm. but it's not it's like it's much more nuanced than that it's much wider than that there's mm. loads of different styles and we'll get onto that in a minute but mm-hmm. first of all like how is it actually made what is it made from um so sake is actually made from rice okay. um people often describe it as a rice wine um that's actually not correct it's kind of brewed more like a beer oh really um so you know like how um usually you, you use barley to make beer yeah. right and you have to malt the barley yeah um, to convert the starch in the barley into sugar okay. um, because then the yeast then converts that sugar into alcohol. Uh, yeah, okay. So getting a little bit technical yeah. no, about this brewing. Is good. This is all good. Um, and if you don't, so when you malt barley, basically what you do is you, it undergoes a process where the barley is allowed to like partially germinate. Uh, yeah. And when it partially germinates, it converts the starch into sugar. Okay. So with rice, yeah. you have to what they do. Germinating. Yeah. So what you do with rice is you, um, well, there is, it basically they have this mold called koji. Oh, yeah. Which is used to make... I think we were talking about that the other week, me and Adam, about fermentation and koji, because yeah. that's the stuff that you also use to make... It's quite magic, isn't it? You yeah. use it to make miso and mm. soy sauce yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a multitasker. So they use um, this microorganism called koji, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, they add that to the rice, um, and when it ferments, the koji turns the um, starch inside the rice into sugar. Sugar. And then that sugar is then converted by yeast wow. into alcohol. Oh. Um, I know the one thing um, that I read about it was um, 
the rice polishing, which mm. changes the structure of the rice depending on how much you polish off. What, why do they do that? Um, and how do they do it? Well, um, so basically the rice is, um, it's either polished or it's or basically you mill it. Um, and what it does is it, um, so the, the core of the rice is starch mm-hmm. and the out, outer shell of the rice is full of um, sort of fats and vitamins and minerals. Okay. Um, and basically the more the rice is milled, which means more of the outer shell is, is is polished away and the easier it is for the koji to access the starch inside. Okay. Um, And the the really interesting thing about sake is there are degrees to which the outer surface can be milled away and it really affects the final taste. Okay. Um, So... So what sort of ratios are you looking at normally? Normally. um, So usually... um, it starts with, I think it can be all sorts of different ratios. Okay. It can be 10% of the surface of the rice is milled away. Mm. That means 80% of the rice is left. Um, but what um, tends to happen is usually with like a kind of a nice sake, um, you tend to have a polishing ratio of usually at least 70%, okay. which means that 30%, 30% of the outer grain taken away. has been taken away. And um, so the lower the ratio, the more yeah. it's been polished. Um, and the idea is that... Um, this outer layer with the fats and the vitamins and the minerals, mm. um, it can t- tend to produce, I'll say off flavours, but I don't, it doesn't oh, mean necessarily to get bad. Like but more of a purity in the, yeah, yeah, so, in the um, brew. A, a, a sake with a lower polishing ratio um, will tend to have a kind of lighter, maybe slightly sweeter, fruitier, okay. more refined character. Yeah. Um, whereas one with a, um, a higher polishing ratio will tend to be a bit more fuller bodied yeah. and a bit more savoury. Yeah. Um, so we tend to think of, and it, to be fair, the, the sakes with lower polishing ratios tend to be seen as more premium and they tend to fetch higher prices. But that's not to say that a sake with a higher polishing ratio, like a junmai, mm. is bad any, it's is just, bad anyway. It's, it's just not, different. But it's just different and it really depends yeah. on on what you prefer what you prefer drinking, yeah. really. Where does the price point come from? Because I was looking on... Um, I was like, where am I going to look? I'll look on Nobu mm. <laughs> menu. And, um, you know, you've got bottles for uh, 20 quid. You've got bottles. Actually, I don't think there was anything there for 20 quid. 30 quid. <laughs> there was one for 400. Mm. And I was thinking, wow, that's yeah. that's pretty um, expensive. How does it, I mean, are we talking there more about um, people spending a long time doing it producing a very refined thing, mm. maybe under a certain label. Is that where the sort of price point comes from? A similar to wine, I guess. Yeah, I think it's the same with any kind of um any kind of alcohol brand, yeah. really, from whiskey to wine. I think it's I definitely think um so in terms of different um categories of sake, yeah. um something like a, a daigin so um a, a dike, I'm probably going to mangle the pronunciation, it's but right. a daiginjo, um, which is where at least 50% of the rice grain has been polished yeah. away. That's probably seen as like the highest grade in, in inverted commas. Okay. Um, that that is regarded one of them. That will be probably be that will probably fetch the most. Yeah. If you take, for example, um, daiginjo sake, um, this is made with rice polished to at least 50%, which means like half of the the rice grain has already been polished okay. away. Um, that that usually is one of the more expensive types of sake. Yeah. Um, and it's also usually been fermented. It's more of a labour-intensive process, yeah. fermented, at cold, fermented at colder temperatures yeah. for a longer time. Um, another thing that, um, another way you can sort of categorise sake, yeah. and this is where it can get a bit uh, complicated. If it you're, gets quite nerdy, doesn't it? It does get quite nerdy. I'm still baffled by it, even reading your guide. I'm like, I know. it's still like, I, I know there's a, another hundred 
varieties mm. out there as well. So <laughs> I know it's it's a little bit well. So the other thing about the rice polishing, so that's yeah. one factor, how much the rice is polished away. But the other the other one of the other main 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 ways to categorize sake is whether you add um alcohol during the brewing process. Oh, okay. Um and what, what um, sake brewers will usually do with some types of sake is they'll add a very, very, very tiny amount of um, brewer's alcohol to the sake oh. and what that does. And it's, it's it's a very, very small amount. And I think yeah. they dilute the final results so it doesn't actually make it more alcoholic. sake, we're looking at, it's kind of, is it like sherry level? Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, about 15, yeah. around 15% it's ABV. Not like, it's not a spirit, no. even though you drink it in tiny little cups. Mm. It's actually a... I think you can get stronger amounts, but that's, yeah, it's, it's around it's 15%. Around that, yeah. um, and the ones which have a little bit of alcohol added, I think they still dilute the final result. So mm. it's not more alcoholic. But what it does is it um, makes it a little bit more lighter and easy drinking and slightly more aromatic. Yeah. Um, so... I've heard it described as, um, so um, a sake, so for example, a Honjozo sake, um, which is polished um, to at least 70%, Mm. which means 30% has been ground away. Um, It's quite smooth, quite easy to drink. And I've heard it described as a session sake. I love the idea of that. (laughs) If you're going to like... Just drink it on its own. Yeah, if you're going to spend all day just knocking it back. Um, So without wishing to get too complicated, mm. um, you broadly have about four types of sake, sake according okay. to wh- how whether the rice is milled. And then um, within that, within each type of sake, oh, I see. Um, so there's like it's whether umbrella. you have alcohol yeah. added or, or, or no alcohol added. Yeah. So It is alcohol added seen as uh, like a bit of a cop-out, as in it's going to be cheaper because you've added alcohol because you've kind of skipped a step and you haven't br- you haven't brought it up to the alcohol yourself. Um, no, it's um, it's not seen as a... As a and you don't really even um, skip a step. It, it's just you add this tiny amount yeah. and for some reason it just slightly changes the character okay. of it. So it just makes it a little bit, little bit lighter, a little bit easier. But um, so a sake which has had no alcohol added to it you would mm. always call a junmai sake okay um so for example junmai sake um like it's quite hard to explain um so i appreciate Try. that it's getting complicated yeah, we've, got, we've got plenty of time and <laughs> um, so well, i'll tell you i'll go through the i'll really go briefly through the main categories yeah, yeah that'd that be great because there's not that many you yeah. said that there's only four so, so they'd be easier to go so junmai is so. like your starter sake, sake yes, that uh, hasn't been messed around with too much not at all so it's um it's polished to at least the rice has been polished to at least 70 percent, and 30 percent has been ground away and it's made with only rice water koji and yeast there's no alcohol added okay then the next one um, Honjozo yeah. um, has got the same rice polishing ratio, okay. but it has had alcohol added. I see. Right. Then Ginjo Sake yeah. um, is made with rice polished to at least 60%, mm. which means 40% has been ground away. Um, and then you could have Ginjo Sake, which means the alcohol has been added. Right. But if you say Junmai Ginjo, that means, it means no alcohol pure, has been added. Yeah. Okay. And then the next the next grade is Daiginjo, okay. which is the one I mentioned before, which is uh, ground to at least 50%. And you either have Ginjo, Daiginjo Sake, which yeah. is no which is has alcohol added, yeah. or Junmai Daiginjo, oh, wow. which has no alcohol added. Oh, so they're all kind of crossing over with each other. I can yeah. see that though. Um, I think I noticed on the Nobu thing that it was the Daiginjo that mm, was the expensive one. Yes, ones. so that's... That will most, that most, most likely yeah. be the priceless one. <laughs> so I've learned, I've learned something now. Yes. So you can basically take those four types, Junmai, Honjozo, Ginjo, and Dai Ginjo. Yes. And if you've got them, 
in your head or on a piece of paper when you go off to your <laughs> place that's serving different types you can get you'll have some kind of umbrella terms for how you yeah um how you choose it and with um what about ser- serving it because in your intro you say you can serve it room temp chilled or mm. or hot or warm or mm. whatever what I mean what is is it just personal preference or there's some that are better served chilled what is the what's I think the thinking I think the good thing about sake is it's pretty flexible and, yeah. and you can Drink, drink. You can eat it with most things. Everything yeah. from cheese to fish and chips. I know you said pizza. I was yeah. interested. Yeah. Which one of those would you have with pizza? Um, Probably the jamai. Yes, <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I was just feeling like your high-end sushi. You want the really delicate kind yes. of, or you want the one that's going to complement you to the thing. Yeah, I think. Um, um, yeah. yeah, no, I agree totally. I think um, obviously there, are, depending on different sake yeah. breweries, you know. I'm sure there's something that you can try yeah. with everything, but with a gin, mine tends to be more savory, more fuller bodied. So I'd have, I'd have that with pizza, um, and something like a, a ginjo, a daiginjo. Yeah. Um, you'd probably have, and I'd have the gin, mine probably warm or room temperature. Okay. Whereas as a daiginjo or a ginjo, you, you maybe have, have like chilled and have it with kind of light, like fish and seafood dishes. It sounds like you've done quite a lot of research in the, uh, <laughs> in the interest of this feature. Yes, I did do a lot of research. It was super interesting, but yeah. I did dis- disappear down a black hole of yeah. <laughs> rice polishing. And... and when you do tastings, because I know you've done quite a few sake tastings um, and you have them next to each other, is, is it much more obvious then what the styles are, like the differences between the styles? Um, yeah, I like to think so. I think it, it it definitely helps to taste a few different sakes yeah. to really kind of appreciate it. But um, I went to a really interesting tasting where um, they it was set up at different stalls. So you had oysters in one section, you had fish and chips in oh, another, wow. and you had cheese in another. Where was and my invite to that? <laughs> I was, it was it was it was, it was and that's probably when I first became really interested in it yeah. because I just like Blue probably most people basically. just yeah. thought there's just one type of sake yeah. and that's it. But because um, again, I won't go into much detail, but you can have like aged sake. Yeah. You can have sake that's unfiltered. Yeah. You can have sake that's not diluted. So it's much boozier. Mm. So within that, there's lots of different styles. So I think I had an aged sake, which was really kind of nutty and almost like a nice. dessert one. I had that with cheese and that was yeah. very good. So would they serve it like as a digestive? I mean, you know, would you, would you be served sake? Say if you were in like... I guess like all the way through the meal, so you could have mm. like different styles within within a meal. I'm not sure what they would do in Japan, but I mean, in theory, that's what you know you could you could serve it. I mean, I I think it's good to treat sake if you were to buy a bottle at home. It is quite mm. versatile. Um, so it's quite could, thingy though, isn't it? I mean, you want it. it it, you don't keep it around a bit like sherry. Mm. Like it doesn't last forever. It's not like having a bottle of whiskey. No. You wouldn't want to leave it in your cupboard for two years because no. I guess it would deteriorate. Be, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't eat. You know, it's the same with like say. Um, of vermouth, like I said, or Probably a sherry or a wine. Fridge. Keep it in the fridge. Keep it chilled. Um, but, but I mean, yes, you can, I mean, obviously you can have it on its own with food. But yeah. um, we, we've actually got some features in the magazine, so you can have it um, with some tonic water, which yeah. makes for a really nice sort of low ABV low drink. Yeah, so you've written some um, some lovely cocktail recipes. So you've just got a really simple one, which is sake and tonic. Yes, with um, with some slices of green apple, which mm. sounds really refreshing. And what else? What else? Do you, so you got cider in there, Hannah. You're such a West Country girl. I know. So sorry, I couldn't help Any myself. Excuse to get cider in a drink. Well, yeah. Tell us about that one. I like that. Well, um, so you add about 50 mils of sake, a little bit of yuzu, yuzu juice, yeah. and then some just dry sparkling cider. Um, yuzu is that citrus fruit, isn't it? That's mm. become quite trendy, which is between, it's like 
between a lime and a clementine, I think, mm. the flavour. But it's a Japanese, um, but you can get little bottles of it now in yes. the supermarket. Yes, I think I, I think that's what I use. So we've um, got sake, yuzu and dry cider. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It just makes it super refreshing. Yeah. And drink. then just to hit you over the head with a kosh, we've got the sake martini. Yes. So how uh, do you make that? Well, so just treat the sake as you would um, the vermouth in a martini. Oh, right. So I did a... Um, I did a sort of more of a wet martini, which is 50 mils of gin and 50 mils of sake, just yeah. so you can taste more of the sake um, in it. Um, but it, it is, it seems like it's, it, it's still a bit of a niche ingredient, yeah. but actually because sake does have all these complex flavours and it has mm-hmm. also this slightly umami edge to it. So it does pair well with lots of different cocktails and lots of different foods. I was I was looking at um, <clears throat> some of the names and I know that I've been, we, we recommend the uh, Japan Centre. It's brilliant. If you can mm-hmm. get to the Japan Centre um, in London, it's a big Japanese supermarket, mm. which has tons of different types of sake in there. Um, <clears throat> the labelling obviously is still the, not the normal kind of um, labelling from Japan. So, but I think it, on the back of the bottles, you would see the words Junmai, Honjozo, Ginjo, like Ginjo, if you were looking, wouldn't you? I think so, yeah. I mean, you would be able to ask somebody. Yeah, if you or, if, to. or if it's not clear on, on the label. Um, I think sometimes they will also put the percentage on the label as well. Yeah. Um, but just ask, um, yeah. ask, ask, ask if you're not sure. Yeah, ask and um, yeah, go on a little sake journey. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much, Hannah. That was brilliant. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our brand new November issue on the newsstand now, or go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.